Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation, typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guests and recommendations in the blog at mysuncast.com. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. We have the eponymous Tor Valenza from Unthink Solar and the also eponymous and uh, ever industrious Mr. Barry Cinnamon from Cinnamon Energy Systems. Two greats in our industry are going to talk with one another. In this case, I'm passing the mic off to Tor to do an interview with his good buddy, Barry. And, uh, and they're going to take it away here in just a moment. We thank you once again for joining us at the Podcast Lounge, produced by Suncast Media, sponsored by Radiant Reit. This conversation is going to be a dive into the life and times, as it were, for Mr. Barry Cinnamon, one of uh, the folks that we consider an icon, a pillar in, uh, in the industry. Did, pioneered a lot of the way these things, uh, th- this industry has moved forward. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to my good buddy, Tor Valenza. Thanks, Nico. Um, so this is really a huge pleasure for me because uh, Barry has, one of, his, one of the many things that Barry does is he has his own radio show and I've been on the other side of the mic, him interviewing me. So I'm now turning the mic in his direction and He's now in the hot seat to answer my questions uh, about his life and times on the solar coaster. Um, so, Barry, welcome. And oh, th- th- thanks, Tor. So now the, the mic is on the other foot. <laughs> uh, so I'll, keep the fo- I'll keep my foot out of my mouth if yeah, I can try. Yeah, yeah. No, man, but, um, you know, we've known each other for, for 10 years. And even in that time, you had a long history before that. I mean, you're best known for Akina Solar and then Andale and became Westinghouse. And now you've got uh, a, a new life. I mean, you're a serial entrepreneur. So if anybody knows about the solar coaster, um, you do. And it's really interesting. What I want to do today is hear about your lessons learned and your history. And then maybe, you know, look into your crystal ball, which you do once a year on GTM and see what's up for the next uh, 10 years, maybe. Uh, or we can cut it down to five years, depending on how, how predictive you're, you're feeling. Or what my wife lets me do. Okay, yes. And another big part of your, your company, um, which you can get into as well. So um, let's hear first your origin story. Why did you get into the solar industry? And you know, what, what, how did you start Akina? 
So, like, you know, turning the clock back, um, in, in college I was always interested in, in energy and I uh, started working in solar thermal in college, did some work on uh, solar uh, open film thermal collectors, actually had my solar panels on the roof of the nuclear engineering building in, in college, which was a little awkward yeah. because I was in the middle of the nuclear heydays. Um, and, and after college, I got a job uh, doing solar research in the thermal area. But in 1981, the tax credit went away. And this was in right. the Boston area. And I kind of had to say, gee, what am I going to do next? And, and really couldn't find another job in solar. I did a lot of energy efficiency work, did early ground source heat pump work. But then I just said, the heck with it. I'm going to go to business school. When I come out of business school, maybe there'll be some solar. When I got out in 86, there was still no solar on the East Coast. I spent 15 years in the software and internet wilderness and uh, started up a couple companies there. 2001, the internet was dead and I was just kind of sitting at home saying, gee, I wonder how the solar's going. And I read an article in the Mercury News about uh, the power light system on Clint Eastwood's uh, ranch in, down in Carmel. And I said, that's really cool. I looked into it, contacted them, and uh, decided, well, I'm not gonna do commercial, but I'll do residential. I put solar in my house. My neighbors wanted solar. This is in the San Jose area, and it just kind of rolled from there. It got bigger and bigger. Never planned on building a company. Um, when we started getting bigger, opened offices in, in New Jersey, Connecticut, kind of all over the country. Um, started looking for outside financing and couldn't find any venture financing at all. This was like 2005, 2006. Hmm. So I did a, a public offering through some friends, and that worked out really well, and we just kind of grew from there. So. Um, it was it was kind of a, a good up and down. That was there's a few ups and downs there in the solar coaster. And I, kind of when I was a kid, I like roller coasters too. So maybe that's why I'm still riding this one. Yeah. Well, we'll step back a little bit because you know you, you skipped one part, and that is why did you decide to major in what inspired you to be a, a solar thermal major in college? It was Jimmy Carter's speech in 1977. The energy crisis is the moral equivalent of war. That kind of got me thinking, and and um, it, there wasn't really an environmental issue about pollution from fossil fuels at the time. It was just the cost of energy was really high. Heating oil, which was how we heated our houses and got all of our electricity, was really expensive and subject to interruptions in the Middle East. So, solar thermal was a good way around that. L little did I ever expect that we'd be looking at photovoltaic panels that would basically be able to replace all of that oil, but that's what's happening. Right, gosh. So what, you know, you tell me about the process of, you know, you got listed on the NASDAQ, you know, and, and you didn't, you said, again, you didn't have um, any VC money behind you. I mean, it's not the, the days that it is now in term, terms of getting on the NASDAQ. How did you, what, how did you accomplish that process and what was your goal? How much money were you looking to raise um, back then? You know, it, it was just a matter of being frustrated that we couldn't get traction. I'm seeing one of my early employees over there, Alex, over, you know, who's uh, rocking. Hey, Alex. Um, it, it wasn't a matter of um, what the right funding mechanism was. It was the only one. The venture capitalists only wanted to see really, you know, billion dollar deals, kind of the same way it is now. And I had some friends that were really well connected in, in NASDAQ and in the small cap market and said, why don't you do a reverse merger into a shell? Ah. And I kind of shopped that around. The, the response from the traditional finance community was hideous. It was just like, you're going to be a pariah. This isn't going to work. And uh, we did it anyway. And the stock came out at a buck and it started trading at two. And then, you know, eventually just kind of marked all the way up, you know, 17. So it worked out great. We managed to do secondaries. I think we raised probably a total of 50 or $60 million. Um, 
unfortunately, most of that went into scaling a residential right. business that was really hard to be profitable with, and, and that's a challenge that continues to today. Yeah. So tell me more about that. I mean, I, to me, like when I got into the business, again, Akina was kind of on top. This was like 2009 for me. Um, like what you were scaling, what were the challenges of scaling? What lessons can you teach other people about scaling that you, if you were to go back, you wouldn't do again? Uh, the, the, the lesson that I learned about scaling a residential construction business was that I, nobody's figured it out in my view. It's really, really hard. We thought we could do it with technology, with smart people in the solar industry, with the margins. It was good. And it's, it, then I had a good friend back in 2001 said, there's no national residential contracting companies. And I still, to this day, don't see any national electricians, HVAC companies, plumbers. It's, it's really inherently a localized business. So the lesson is that would be really hard to do. You might be able to do it on the back of a financing product where you've got extra money coming from financing. But as far as having trucks and people in, in dozens of different locations with dozens of utilities, with, with you know, all of, you know, thousands of jurisdictions, really, really hard to do. Not impossible, but I don't want to say anything's impossible, but really, really hard to do. Right. So my suggestion would be try and figure out a different business model that's not going to leave you open to try and you know, do what's almost impossible. So part of that scaling was developing the Andelay product. Tell me more about the genesis of that and what happened with it. Yeah, the, well, the Andelay product was, was something that we always were working on back in even 2002. And it was the solution to being, you know, the, the margin pressure that you have in scaling a residential business, which is just you got so many moving parts, was have some unique technology that would give you a big advantage. So that's why we continued with the Andelay product. It was the first plug and play solar panel. The wiring was built in. We came out with a version that was the first AC module. So right. you're really just no wires. You just, as you mount the modules directly to the roof, you're getting the, inter the connections. First um, big deployment of microinverters. So that was, that was our way of solving the margin problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I'm still very proud about that product. It's just something that we that, that we weren't able to maintain traction with. Yeah, and it, it, is it still around today with Westinghouse? Or I mean, I, you rebranded to Westinghouse again. I'm a, a marketing guy. Why did you rebrand to Westinghouse? Because you're a marketing guy. You know, it's yeah. a great brand name, and and it's much easier to. Um, it 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 takes many many years and and you know, fifty million a lot of money yeah. to create a really good national brand and and the Westinghouse brand. 10 years ago was really, really strong. And doing electrical work, you see the W on many electrical boxes. So the channel was familiar with it, people were familiar with it. And I had the opportunity to combine forces with Westinghouse. And then we decided, it was kind of hard. It's like, do I want to take my brand that I've been working on for 10 years and, and subsume it under the Westinghouse name or just run with the Westinghouse brand? Decided to run with the Westinghouse brand. Unfortunately, that company was kind of, after I sold it, just kind of faded away, disappeared. And then the Westinghouse brand had the unfortunate uh, problem with bankruptcy of the Westinghouse nuclear business. So right. it's not what it used to be. No, it's, it's definitely not that brand anymore. It used to be everywhere. And I, th I think it's the genesis of, uh, was it part of Edison? No, it was part of, um, I forget. So the name. genesis was in like around the turn of the century, Thomas Edison um, did the light bulb, obviously. In order to sell light bulbs, he had to have an electrical infrastructure. He came up with DC distribution. And George Westinghouse um, teamed up with Nikolai Tesla 
on the AC distribution side. The advantage of AC is you could have a transformer that would step up the voltage really high so you can send power long distances with small wire, and then locally you would, would um, lower it. So Westinghouse basically was you know, Tesla and George Westinghouse's effort based right. in Pittsburgh. Right. And, and Thomas Edison ended up with General Electric, which, which for 100 years was great and now is kind of fading away too. Also one of those things. All right, so today you have scaled down in a way. Um, you still have two um, businesses. What made you start up uh, Cinnamon Energy Systems, which is a local San Jose installer, and then you also have Spice Solar, which is your, your unique racking company. Tell us a little about all those things. So after I sold Westinghouse, I, I, it's always good to have a company in your pocket to do things with, you don't know what to do. So I said, I sold the company, what am I gonna do? Well, I'll start up a company, what am I gonna call it? I'll call it Cinnamon Technology. We ended up rebranding to Cinnamon Energy Systems. And it just kind of sat there for, for six to 12 months while I really did nothing with it until customers came to me, old customers said, I wanna upgrade my solar system, I wanna put in panels, I heard you got a good reputation. So I just bought a truck and did the first installations all by myself on the roof, carrying the Jeez. crap up the ladder. Um, and then I hired somebody and then hired some more. It just kind of grew. Spice Technology is, is Spice Solar is a, a, a mounting system technology company that, that um, similar to Andale, we're not getting a ton of traction on it right now, but what's just kind of blowing me away is the, the deployment, the installation business with batteries mm. and energy management systems is taking off and just focusing on the Silicon Valley area because I, I believe that it's a local business. And, and now even with the, the, the trend towards building electrification, that's why we called it energy systems. It's not solar, right. it's not storage, it's got a lot of upside. Yeah, yeah. And you have your podcast, but, but tell me, Again, the differences between running a business with hundreds of people as opposed to your, your very small um, local, local installation company now. You know, when I started Cinnamon Solar and Cinnamon Energy Systems, I could kind of do everything in my head. Right. You know, I just, all right, this is the way we're going to do it. And it's just kept it very lean. We're continuing to do that. Um, but, you know, you go from one to two to five to 10 to 15, you know, we'll probably be 20 people by the end of the year. It's not something that I was really planning on, but the market demand for our product and services is growing. Certainly a lot easier. What's the challenge right now that we're having? It's not really a challenge. It's just something you got to do is as you grow, you have to put in that second layer of management. You have to kind of document things and procedures and yeah. you just kind of become more of a, a real a bigger small business essentially right um, but it but i'm gonna focus on staying local zero appetite i mean we're in san jose and i don't even do installations in san francisco um so we just like to stay local and we can provide the best service to our customers in that you know one hour radius right so you you know your your ambitions for scaling have completely gone away you don't want to create the next big solar company anymore I, my am I don't have it's weird I don't really have that ambition I didn't have the ambition to begin with I mean you know I'm gonna go to business school write a business plan this is what you're gonna do I didn't do that for Akina I'm not doing that now but I just see what's next and and uh, it could continue to grow and, and that 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 would be fine with me but I don't ha I don't have an ambition to be a 200 person company no um, but who knows I might again okay do you have get do you still get on the roof anymore Every week, almost every week, I'm on a freaking roof. I'm doing something, looking into things. I'm not, I don't carry the solar panels up the ladder anymore. I'm, I'm like too, too sore for that. My uh. shoulders are shot. But I am, uh, you know, on, on residential or commercial roof or fiddling around with batteries or I'm doing that. 
every week. I got tools at home, Jeez. tools in my car, and, and helping the guys out. So, And that's how I learn, especially with the new energy storage systems. There's just so many nuances. Mm -hmm. um, and I get to take out some of my old computer skills because I'm doing Cat5 wiring, upgrading firmware, configuring systems. It's, it's not just landing two uh, number 10 wires in, in a Sunny Boy inverter anymore. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. It, it's really interesting to me. And the other thing that I love that you're doing again in the present day is your, your energy show, radio show. And I know it is a way to get attention in, in the San Jose market. Um, but what amazes me about it is that you're using your years of experience and all of your in, information is, you know, you have in, interstitial, interstitial things that promote cinnamon energy systems. But for the most part, you are very, being a very objective about not only your installation service, but also about all the other um, products out there. So it's, it's very honest and objective information. And I think it's such a great, I wish all marketers, um, well, you know, people doing solar would be that way and not so self-promotional. I don't feel like you're self-promotional at all. I think you're just giving useful information. Some of my best friends are journalists. And, <laughs> and you know, I spend a lot of time with, with people who were at the Mercury News and Knight Ritter and, and you know, they're just, talking to me and I realized that if if I want to be a credible source of information I have to be as objective as possible and I I do talk um, I talk about everything you know I, I try I don't slam any particular products I, no. I talk nicely about my competitors and you know they're not out to kill me as much as they used to be but um, it's it's the best way to grow the business and the podcast is like a treadmill every Wednesday night I'm like trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to talk about if I don't have a guest lined up um, but it's a really good discipline and then once I do that radio show on Thursday, which plays every Saturday, I have a, a good chunk of you know, 25 minutes or so of, of material that we edit down, and then we can distribute it. And there's more work involved in editing it, more work right. involved yeah. in, in creating a three or four paragraph overview that we put in our email blasts. Um, and I, but, but I'm on that treadmill and I'm not getting off, so it's, it's something that I think just continues to build. And, and I like doing it. Yeah, is it, is it, does it work? I mean, does this generate leads? It generates leads. It, 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 what's very weird about it, because we send it out to a lot of lists, mostly our own customer and prospect list. Um, it's when you, if you're doing marketing and you have a list and you send out something to people saying, hey, we have a new product, do you want to talk to us? Um, they know that you're trying to sell them something. Right. If you send them an email every week, which, which maybe half the time is of interest to them, maybe a quarter of the time they actually listen to it, they, they have a tendency to believe what you say and pay attention to your emails. Yeah. So now when we send out an email, we might have a little ad at the bottom saying, hey, there's a new battery storage system or something. So our marketing information, when we're trying to sell, it gets a lot more attention. And the other thing in the course of the, po of the, the podcast, we're talking about new things like storage. Yep. And our solar customers may not have been, when you hit them with an email and say, I got this new storage product, they may not be interested. But if every week you kind of mention it a little bit, they just kind of come out of the woodwork. And that's where the most value is. It's like image advertising. It's, yeah. it's what they say to do in newspaper or print or radio or TV. It's like just keep hitting them with that yeah. information. And when they want it, they'll think of you. Yeah, I think the, the problem with a lot of people, you know, again, especially from my marketing side about things is that the owners usually get very impatient about results and it does take a time to build up that trust. And, and then, I, like you said, I think people get interested in, and the, the word gets around. Yeah. All right, I want you to turn in your, your magic eight ball. What is next? 
Well, we're, we're living in what's next here. I mean, we're you know, looking around and I'm seeing all these really cool solar products and storage and storage products. And, and storage obviously is what's next. It reminds me of, of maybe 2001 in the solar industry. There's a lot more products, but there's still, a, a, I would say, a lack of mature products that are really ready to go just because storage is so complicated. So that's clearly what's next. And then I'm just looking at it, all this hydrogen stuff. Um, yeah. I'm not a believer in, in standard hydrogen fuel. I mean, if, you, if you're using what my friend Janice Lind calls green hydrogen, where you're electrolyzing water with solar to create hydrogen, that's, that's actually pretty good. So that may be next, next, next. Um, it, I, I'm skeptical just because the hydrogen distribution infrastructure is so challenging and, mm. and we're not going to be using, we're not going to be um, uh, reforming natural gas into hydrogen. That's just got too many emissions. But storage is next, and I'm really happy to see so many companies participating. Yeah. And uh, from a contractor standpoint, installer standpoint, um, I would just say go slowly. Don't jump in too fast. You know, do one or two installations with a with partners that you trust, and then kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, one more prognosticating question. Um, there is a lot of. Um, you know, move towards 100% renewable energy or at least clean energy with some nuclear and things like that. We have ambitions goals. Some people say we have to do it by 2030. Some people say 2045 and, and 2050. Do you think, I mean, I've seen a lot of surprises. We've always surpassed our, our the analysts' expectations. Do you think we're going to be able to create the, make those goals and help avert disaster? I think we're going to surprise ourselves by exceeding our deployment of clean energy sources. That's going to be really good. It's going to be faster than we thought just because the economics are so favorable. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm skeptical that that's going to have a big difference on the, the trend line that's going on in terms of global warming. Yeah. It's happening faster than we think. You know, the oceans are warming. The CO2 right. is coming out of Arctic yeah. you know, tundra and, and seawater. So it's uh it's going to be challenging for our our, our grandchildren yeah um, um, and I'm, I just kind of I'm, I'm sad that our from a yeah. policy standpoint we're not able to yeah. really act as fast as we need to I don't want to end on a, on a negative note so I, what I will say is that you are one of the most inspiring um, entrepreneurs in, 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 in the solar industry who has gone with the ups and downs and I think you know it, within that note you know I, I think that you know, your work and all the people, all the installers that kind of come after you are going to have, you know, are going to try to meet those goals. And I, I'm very optimistic if they have your ethic. I was talking to a lot of uh, people out of New York yesterday, um, solar installers, that, I mean, that's where I grew up. And um, I was just inspired by how energized they are, just like you. And they're a lot younger than you and me. Well, um, we're not we're 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 not that old, so I, yeah, you know, it's just right. we stay in good shape. But you know, I, I think Yogi Berra said it's it's about um, being successful in any industry like this. It's it's fifty percent luck, and the other ninety percent is just really hard work. Yep. So uh, I'm happy to uh, I'm blessed actually to do what I really like doing, and it's making a difference. And, and I'm just happy to be here. And Tor, thanks for your your support, your enthusiasm, and just plugging away. And you know, I I I, I really look for tour with that hat at every sh show and event that Personal I go to. Brand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's working great. Barry, thanks for sitting down with me and, and being on the other side of the mic. I really All right. appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. Thanks. Okay. All right. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors. But I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? 
You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>